from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Folklife Today podcast. I'm Stephen Winnick, the editor in the American Folklife Center at the Library of Congress and the creator of the Folklife Today blog. And I'm here with Thea Austin, who is our public programs coordinator at the center. She's filling in for John Fenn, who has a bad cold. Hello. The American Folklife Center is home to an archive containing documentation of all kinds of amazing folk culture, from photographs of quilts to videos of storytelling. It's an incredibly rich and diverse body of materials. And today, we're also joined by Jennifer Cutting, who will help us talk about one of our favorite folk songs, which is called The Dodger. Hey, everyone. Thea is quite right that the archive is very diverse today, but it got its start over 90 years ago with a much narrower focus. Originally, it was an archive of folk song. We've got folk songs documented in every format you can imagine, from manuscripts to wax cylinders to tape recordings and wire recordings and, of course, the latest digital formats. So the Dodger is a song from our disc era recordings and was collected from the mid-1930s through the late 1950s. The Dodger is a really interesting song for the American Folklife Center's archive for a few different reasons. For one, we have several versions of it which emphasize different ideas. For another, one of our versions went on to be popular in the folk revival and also in American art music with an arrangement by Aaron Copland. And for a third, there's a political aspect to the song that made it a hot potato here on Capitol Hill back in the 1930s. And if that weren't enough, when Steve was looking into the song, he unearthed an undiscovered source for some of its features, didn't you? That's right, and we'll hear about that too. So let's get started. What should we say first? Well, the Aaron Copeland connections are probably the way most people hear about the song, so maybe we should start there. Great idea, and luckily we have some audio of a Library of Congress music specialist named Wayne Shirley talking a bit about those connections. So let's start with the Copeland version and its traditional source in the archive. We'll just have Wayne introduce the field recording. In 1950, Aaron Copeland published a set of five old American songs newly arranged for voice and piano. He published a second set in 1952. The songs include folk songs, minstrel songs, sacred songs from various sources, even a parlor ballad, thus the catch-all titled Old American Songs. I'd like to talk a bit about the Dodger, which is from the first set. Copeland described the Dodger as a campaign song. It is a folk song collected in 1936 from Emma Dusenbury of Menno, Arkansas. A Dodger in late 19th century American slang is a confidence man. Only the first verse of Dusenbury's song would have been apropos as a campaign song. It declares, yes, the candidate's a Dodger. He's a well-known Dodger. The other verses of the song, as sung by Dusenbury, describe six other kinds of dodger, the lawyer, the doctor, the preacher, the merchant, the farmer, 
and finally and inevitably, the lover. Yes, the candidate's a dodgy, yes, the well-known dodgy, yes, the candidate's a dodgy, yes, and I'm a dodgy too. He'll meet you and treat you and ask you for your vote. Look out, boys, he's a dodging for your note. Yes, we're all dodging, 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 dodging. Yes, we're all dodging out the way to the world. Yes, the lawyer, he's a dodger. Yes, a well-known dodger. Yes, the lawyer, he's a dodger. Yes, and I'm a dodger, too. He'll plead your case and claim me as a friend. Look out, boys, he's a dodging for... He's a, he's a father, Ben. Yes, we're all dodging, 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 dodging. Yes, we're all dodging out the way to the world. Yes, the merchant, he's a dodger. Yes, a well-known dodger. Yes, the merchant, he's a dodger. Yes, and I'm a dodger, too. He'll sell you goods at a double price. When you go to pay him, you'll have to pay him twice. Yes, we're all dodging, 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 dodging. Yes, we're all dodging out the way through the world. Yes, a doctor, he's a dodger. Yes, a well-known dodger. Yes, a doctor, he's a dodger. Yes, and I'm a dodger, too. He'll doctor you and cure you for half you possess. Look out, boys, he's a dodging for the rest. Yes, we're all dodging. Dodging, dodging, dodging. Yes, we're all dodging out the way through the world. Yes, the preacher, he's a dodger. Yes, a well-known dodger. Yes, the preacher, he's a dodger. Yes, and I'm a dodger, too. He'll preach to the gospel and tell you of your crimes. But look out, boys, he's a dodging for your dimes. Yes, we're all a dodging, a dodging, dodging, dodging. Yes, we're all a dodging out the way to the world. Yes, the farmer, he's a dodger. Yes, a well-known dodger. Yes, the farmer, he's a dodger. Yes, and I'm a dodger, too. He'll plow his cotton, he'll hoe his corn. He'll make a living just as sure as you're born. Yes, we're all dodging, 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 dodging. Yes, we're all dodging out the way to the world. Yes, a lover, he's a dodger. Yes, a well-known dodger. Yes, a lover, he's a dodger. Yes, and I'm a dodger, too. He'll hug you and kiss you and call you his bride. Look out, girl, he's easy for telling you a lie. Yes, we're all dodging. Dodging, 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 yes, we're all dodging out the way to the world. That's all of that, Dodger. But, but Alan learned to me. I don't know. Don't know where it come from or nothing about it, but Alan, he sung it and I learned it from him. That was Emma Dusenberry with The Dodger. So I noticed that at the end there, she says right on the disc that she doesn't know anything about the song. But Wayne Shirley said it was a campaign song. How did he know? Well, that's an interesting question. Wayne retired from the library some years ago, so that recording of him giving a curator talk is actually several years old. We wanted folks to hear his voice and some of his insights, so we're going to use more of his talk. But that particular claim is something we haven't been able to substantiate. We'll talk more about the claim itself and where it came from later. Fair enough. Um, is there any more we should know about Mrs. Dusenberry? Emma Dusenberry was born in Georgia, but moved to the Arkansas Ozarks at the age of 10. She learned most of her songs there before moving to Mina, which is not in the Ozarks, but in the Washita Mountains. Still, she's considered one of the greatest of all Ozark folk singers, 
having contributed over a hundred songs to the American Folklife Center's archive. When the Dodger was collected in 1936, Mrs. Dusenberry was a widow and had been blind for decades. She lived with her daughter, Ora, who managed the farm and raised chickens and ducks. She's mostly in two collections, the Resettlement Administration collection and also the Vance Randolph collection. There are also some great photos of her and Ora, which you can see on the blog. So Steve mentioned the Resettlement Administration. Um, so let me explain that this was a government agency set up in the aftermath of the Dust Bowl to resettle struggling families into planned communities, many of them in California. It later became the Farm Security Administration. So I guess the natural question is, why did they collect folk songs? Well, one of the things the New Deal in general understood was the fact that the arts are necessary for a happy life. So the Resettlement Administration had a music program to make sure migrants had music in their lives, and the program was run by Charles Seeger. One of the things he did was to send Sidney Robertson Cowell out collecting folk songs with the intention of disseminating the best songs among the resettled workers. And it was Sidney Robertson Cowell who recorded Mrs. Dusenbury. So what did Charles Seeger and Sidney Robertson Cowell do with the song? They published it in the form of a leaflet, and we have copies in the Folklife Reading Room at the Library of Congress, or you can see scans on the blog at blogs.loc.gov folklife. One kind of neat thing about the leaflet is the cover art, which shows a jackrabbit. It's an engraving by Charles Pollock, who was at that time a graphic artist and muralist in the social realism style who had studied with Thomas Hart Benton. He later became an abstract expressionist. His little brother Jackson Pollock followed in his footsteps, although their expressionist styles were actually quite different. Yes, it's a nice piece of graphic art and a pretty interesting artifact. So we encourage listeners to look for it on the blog. And the leaflet was also the source of the political firestorm you alluded to at the beginning of the episode. Isn't that right? Yes, that is right. So let's hear Wayne tell us a little bit about that. The Dodger itself was collected in 1936. It first appeared in print in the next year as one of a handsome series of four-page leaflets issued by the Resettlement Administration. Each of the leaflets contains a single folk song. The first page is an illustration. Pages two and three contain the song, words and music, melody only. The back page comments on the song and explains the purpose of the leaflets. They were a series of American songs to supplement popular collections. The cover of The Dodger played it safe. No con man candidate here, but rather a dodging rabbit. Nonetheless, The Dodger got the resettlement administration in trouble. Charles Seeger, head of its music section, recalled in 1972 a phone call to his boss from the powerful Congressman Carl Vincent. Quote, he demanded to know before the next morning how it was that the Resettlement Administration had published a song called The Candidates a Dodger. He said this was an insult not only to the elected officials in the United States, but to the American government as a whole and the American people thereby. Unless satisfactory explanation of the song was given, the Resettlement Administration budget would be reduced from $14 million to $1 million. So what happened? 
Well, that's the curious thing. The source for this story, which Wayne was reading from, is an oral history interview with Charles Seeger over 35 years later, and he finishes the story like this. Fortunately, we had the knowledge that this song was a democratic campaign song of the election of 1884 between Cleveland and Blaine, which was a very dirty election in which Blaine was charged with having been a dodger in the Civil War, that is, paying somebody to take his place in the army. The explanation assuaged the senator, who was a staunch Democrat. Ah, so that's the source for Wayne's earlier statement. Right. But I just couldn't find any evidence of this outside of Seeger's claim. And the thing is, it's not that plausible for a few reasons. First, both Cleveland and Blaine had paid other people to serve in the army for them, which was legal at the time, but Cleveland was more often seriously criticized for it. Wasn't Blaine a congressman during the war and one of Lincoln's staunchest supporters in the House? Exactly. So it was hard to argue that he didn't do his part to win the war, and therefore no one seriously objected to his having paid a surrogate to take his place. I did find that both Cleveland and Blaine were often called Dodgers, which was a common term for someone who was hard to pin down politically. Nowadays we use terms like waffler and flip-flopper, and Dodger was their version of that in the 1880s. The problem is a jingle that says the candidate's a Dodger, but doesn't say which candidate, wouldn't be too effective if they were both known as Dodgers. And also, 1880s political discourse just wasn't that subtle. A real taunt about Blaine from the time was, James G. Blaine, James G. Blaine, continental liar from the state of Maine. The candidate's a dodger is pretty tame by comparison. <laughs> Sounds like you're pretty skeptical. I am. I'm not sure what we had the knowledge means, and that seems a strangely vague way to phrase it, especially for a scholar used to citing his sources. I found another curious thing. Elsewhere, Seeger gives a different origin for the song, saying that it came from agrarian reform movements in the 19th century. But when confronted by Vincent, he has this suddenly acquired knowledge that it's actually a democratic campaign song. So what are you suggesting? Well, it occurs to me that if you're confronted by a staunch Democrat who's mad about a political song making fun of a candidate, one way you could try to mollify him is to claim it's making fun specifically of a Republican candidate. So you think Charles Seeger lied? Well, maybe not lied. I think he guessed in a way that got him out of a political jam. I mean, he may have suspected and then exaggerated his certainty, but I don't think there ever was any good evidence for it being an 1884 campaign song. I would love it if someone turned up some evidence, though, and listeners can contact me through comments on the blog at blogs.loc.gov folklife. Well, thinking like a folklorist, I'd say another thing we should do is look for other versions to see what they might tell us about the song. That's a great idea. In fact, we have three other versions in the archive that seem independent of Mrs. Duesenberry's. And do they make it seem more likely or less likely that it's a campaign song? Definitely less likely. In fact, none of them mentions politics or candidates at all. Well, let's hear one of them. Okay, here's one from Myra Pipkin. Mrs. Pipkin was recorded by Charles Todd and Robert Sonkin in the Arvin camp run by the Farm Security Administration in California in 1941. Now, the Farm Security Administration basically was the new name for the Resettlement Administration after 1937, and its main task was housing and taking care of migrant workers. Mrs. Pipkin's family had come from Arkansas, where Emma Dusenberry also lived, but they moved to Oklahoma in 1898 when she was a child. 
They moved by wagon train, and in an interview, she recounted vivid memories of a near disaster when stampeding cattle almost overturned her wagon. In the wake of the Dust Bowl, she moved to California with her husband and children, and she was in the camps when John Steinbeck did his research for a series of articles about migrant workers, which led him to writing the novel The Grapes of Wrath. A lot of people think Myra Pipkin was one of the models for Ma Jode. She didn't tell the collectors where she learned the Dodger, but it seems to have been the most common in Arkansas, so it may have gone to Oklahoma with her family or neighbors. Let's hear it. Corn Dodgers and I. Oh, the bachelor is a dodger, he's a long corn dodger, and he's a dodger all the way through the world. He'll comb his hair, he'll court a little here, and he'll court a little there. Oh, he's a dodger, he's a long corn dodger, and he's a dodger, dodger too. Oh, the girls are a dodger, they're a long corn dodger, and they're a dodger all the way through the world. They'll get a new dress and take a spell of painting. If they can't catch a bull, they'll take a spell of fainting. Oh, they're a dodger and a long corn dodger, and they're a dodger, dodger too. Oh, the boys, they're a dodger, they're a long corn dodger, and they're a dodger all the way through the world. They'll court, they'll go to see the girls and tell them I love them, and next thing awful, making fun of them. Oh, they're a dodger, a long corn dodger, and they're a dodger, dodger too. Oh, the merchant, he's a dodger, he's a long corn dodger, and he's a dodger all the way through the world. He'll start around a counter and he'll go to trotting on so low friends and she got a patch of cotton. Oh, he's a dodger and a long corn dodger. He's a dodger and a dodger, dodger too. Oh, the miller, he's a dodger, he's a long corn dodger and he's a dodger all the way through the world. He'll mill your corn, he'll mill it to a lutter and the next thing he'll mill it a little better. Oh, he's a dodger, he's a long corn dodger and he's a dodger, dodger too. Oh, the doctor is a dodger, he's a long corn dodger, and he's a dodger all the way through the world. He'll go to see the patient, they roll out the pills, and next thing off is making a big bill. Oh, he's a dodger, he's a long corn dodger, and he's a dodger, dodger too. Again, Myra Pipkin's version of the dodger. So, as you said, no candidates or politicians. What else jumps out at you? Well, it has six verses. Three are about courting lovers, the bachelor, the girls, and the boys. Three are about professionals and how they try to cheat you, the merchant, the miller, and the doctor. Of course, Mrs. Dusenbury's song is also about cheating professionals and lovers, so it's clearly the same song with some of the same ideas. Yeah. I noticed that there's some of the same professions and some different ones. And it strikes me that it's the kind of song that is easily adaptable. If there's a crooked bartender in your town, you can write your own verse for that. A lot of traditional folk songs work that way. Exactly. Another neat thing is that in Myra Pipkin's version, they're not just dodgers, but corn dodgers. Yeah. What does that mean? Corn dodger is a traditional name for a small cake of cornbread, either baked in a skillet or fried. They can be more like traditional cornbread or more like hush puppies, depending on whose recipe you follow. Nobody knows why the food item got this name, but someone thought it was fun to make the dodgers in the song into corn dodgers. 
So it's kind of an extension of the original metaphor of dodging. <laughs> That's cool. What other versions do we have? We've got another one from 1941, this one from Texas. It was sung by Nancy Humble Griffin. According to an obituary posted online by her great-granddaughter, Nancy Humble Griffin, who was born in 1855, was originally from Louisiana but moved to Texas when she was two years old. She was a first cousin of Jim Bowie, who died at the Alamo. She was well-known as a traditional singer in her Texas community, and she was naturally sought out by fellow Texans John A. Lomax and Alan Lomax in 1941. In this case, Alan went ahead to scout while John was collecting elsewhere with the disc recorder, but he shot some very expressive photos, which you can see over at the blog at blogs.loc.gov folklife. His father John then returned a few months later with the recorder and recorded 38 songs from her, including The Dodger. The collections don't reveal where Mrs. Griffin learned the song, and it's the only version in our archive that's not directly connected to Arkansas in some way. Okay, let's hear it. Oh, men, they're dodgers, yes, sir, no dodger. Oh, men, they're dodgers, and they're dodgers, too. Three separate boys, they'll do the very best. And when they get grown, they're sure to run away. We're all the dodging, 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 and we're all the dodging away through the world. Oh, ladies, they're dodgers, yes, sir, no dodger. Oh, ladies, they're dodgers, and they're dodgers, too. They'll raise up a crowd of birds and they'll do the very best And when they get grown, they're sure to do their worst And we're all a-dodging, dodging, dodging, dodging And we're all a-dodging away through the world Oh, Major Dodgers, yes, they're known Dodger Oh, Major Dodgers, and they're Dodgers too They'll get before the looking glass and choking and a-painting And when the boys come, they'll Take a spell of fainting and we're all a dodging, 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 and we're all a dodging away through the world. Young men, they're dodgers, yes, he's a known dodger. Young men, they're dodgers, and they're dodgers too. They'll just mighty fine and the preaching they'll go. They'll go out preaching and they'll look mighty nice. Look out, girls, they're dodging for a wife. And we're all a-dodging, dodging, 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 and we're all a-dodging away through the world. Young ladies, they're dodgers, yes, they're old dodgers. Young ladies, they're dodgers, and they're dodgers too. They'll go out to preaching and they'll make a great show. Look out, boys, they're dodging for a bow. And we're all a-dodging, dodging, 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 and we're all a-dodging away through the world. Oh, the preacher, he's a dodger, yes, he's a known dodger. The preacher, he's a dodger, and he's a dodger, too. He'll get up in the pulpit, he looks mighty solemn. He'll pass around the hat, he's preaching for your dollar, and look out. We're all a-dodging, dodging, 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 and we're all a-dodging away through the world. Oh, the lawyer, he's a dodger, yes, he's a known dodger. The lawyer, he's a dodger, and he's a dodger, too. He'll convict you on your crime, boys, won't go your bail. Look out, boys, he will dodge you off to jail, and you're all a-dodging. Dodging, 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 and you're all a-dodging, and away through the world. Oh, the devil, he's a dodger, yes, he's a known dodger. The devil, he's a dodger, and he's a dodger, too. He'll pick up a shovel, he'll rake that coal, 
to look out through the trees, dodging for your soul. And we're all dodging, 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 and we're all dodging away through the world. I notice again some of the same verses as previous versions and some different ones. Yes, so this version has eight verses. Four are about courting, men, old maids, young men, and young ladies. There's also a ladies verse, which is the only verse in all the versions that has to do with raising children. And then there are two professions, lawyer and preacher. And finally, the devil. He'll pick up his shovel, he'll rake that coal. Look out, sinners, he's a dodging for your soul. <laughs> Great version. So I guess there's one more archival version? Yes, there's one more, and it's from Neil Morris. Neil Morris, who was born in 1887, was an Arkansas farmer, musician, dance caller, and kind of a quintessential Ozark mountaineer. He said he was related to Lewis Morris, signer of the Declaration of Independence, and his half-brother, Governor Morris, signer of the U.S. Constitution. He was full of songs and stories and passed his love of songs along to his son, James Corbett Morris, who became a professional singer-songwriter and used the stage name Jimmy Driftwood. So he was Jimmy Driftwood's dad? Exactly. He was one of Alan Lomax's best Ozark informants during his southern journey of 1959 to 1960, which were some of the first American field recordings done in stereo. Great. Let's hear Neil Morris's The Dodger. Well, the doctor, he's a dodger, he's a long corn dodger, and the doctor, he's a dodger, and he's a dodger, too. He'll go to see his patient, and he give a dose of pills, and the next thing you know, he's dodging for his bill, and it's all a dodging, it's a long corn dodger, and it's all a dodging, that's the way with the world. Then the lorry, he's a dodger, he's a long corn dodger, and the lorry, he's a dodger, and he's a dodger, too. He'll plead your case and wish you well and the next thing you know he'll wish you And it's all the dodging it's a long corn dodger and it's all the dodging that's the way with the world Well the Methodists are dodger they're a long corn dodger and the Methodists are dodger and they're a dodger too They'll talk about hell and heaven on high and the next thing you know they're a dodging for the pie And it's all the dodging it's a long corn dodger and all the dodging that's the way with the world and the Baptists, they're a dodger, they're a long corn dodger, and the Baptists, they're a dodger, and they're a dodger too. They'll drink their wine and their liquor too, and they'll drink it all up and say there ain't none for you. And it's all a dodger, and it's a long corn dodger, and it's all a dodger, and that's the way with the world. Well, the Camelot's a dodger, he's a long corn dodger, and the Camelot's a dodger, and he's a dodger too. He's got his religion and he don't know where he got her And it's far to heaven, way to heaven, he's through a hole of water And it's all a dodging, it's a long corn dodger And it's all a dodging, that's the way of the world Huh? All right. All right. All right. You ready? Well, the Camelot's a dodger, he's a long corn dodger And the Camelot's a dodger and he's dodger too He's got his religion and he don't know where he got her And it's right away to hit me through a hole of water And it's all the dodging, it's a long corn dodger And it's all the dodging, that's the way with the world And the hole in it's a dodger, they're a long corn dodger And the hole in it's a dodger, and they're a dodger too 
They'll jump and roll and hoop and yell for everybody else is going to hell. And it's all a dodging, it's a long car dodger, and it's all a dodging that's the way with the world. Well, the young girl to dodger, she's a long car dodger, and the young girl to dodger, and she's dodger too. She'll spend every time with the powder and the paint to make a boy think he's a getting what he ain't. And it's all a dodging, it's a long car dodger, and it's all a dodging that's the way with the world. Well, the old major daughter, she's a long corn daughter, and the old major daughter, and she's a daughter too. She'll spend every time a primping and a painting, as you can't catch a bull, she'll catch a fellow fainting, and it's all a dodging, it's a long corn daughter, and it's all a dodging, that's the way with the world. And the boys, they're a daughter, they're a long corn daughter, and the boys, they're a daughter, and they're a daughter too. They'll go to see the girl and they tell her that they love her and the next thing you know they're trudging for another and it's all a dodging, it's a long corn dodger and it's all a dodging, that's the way with the world. Then the infidel dodger, he's a long corn dodger and the infidel dodger and he's dodger too. Swear there ain't no hell nor heaven on high but he'll get it shaken up in the sweet by and by and it's all a dodging, it's a long corn dodger and it's all a dodging, that's the way with the world. Again, that was Arkansas farmer Neil Morris with The Dodger. And wow, that was pretty different. Yes, it's a great version. The main difference between his version and others is that he's expanded his comments on religion. Two of the other versions have a preacher, but Neil Morris has different denominations. Methodist, Baptist, Campbellite, and Holiness. He makes fun of each one, according to some some real aspect of their religion. For example, Campbellite refers to a member of a restoration movement like the Churches of Christ, which heavily emphasize adult baptism by immersion. So the song says, he'll swear the way to heaven is through a hole of water. And to make sure he's equally offensive to everybody, he includes the atheist or infidel by saying, swear they ain't no hell nor heaven on high, but he'll get a shaken up in the sweet by and by. In other words, he thinks there's no heaven and hell, but he's in for a surprise when he dies. Right. And one thing that always makes me laugh is that Neil Morris censors himself from saying hell in the lawyer verse and then proceeds to say it three more times in the rest of the song. I also noticed some classic courtship verses, young girl, old maid, and boys, and of course the most common professionals, doctor and lawyer. So how did all the religious denominations get in the song? Well, there's actually a brief interview with Neil Morris in the Lomax collection in which he says he'd always known the song and that his father and his grandfather sang it. He admits that he added the holiness verse himself. He doesn't fully say so, but I think it's likely he added the other denominations as well, and I think that because he knew a generic preacher verse, which he sang for Lomax separately but not as part of the song. So it seems likely he replaced that verse about the preacher with Baptist, Methodist, Campbellite, and Holiness just to make it more specific whom he was poking fun at. Okay. Well, we've, we've talked a lot about Copeland's version, but we haven't actually heard it. So let's hear that. And we have some more of Wayne Shirley's talk to introduce it. So here's Wayne, followed by Thomas Hampson singing The Dodger. In 1941, the Dodger gained wider circulation as part of Our Singing Country, a volume of American folk songs compiled by John A. and Alan Lomax. Copeland got the Dodger from Our Singing Country, 
which had already given him the principal tune for the hoedown section of his ballet rodeo. Copeland pairs the song down to its three most effective verses, the candidate who gives the song its purpose, the preacher, and the lover. Copeland fashions a jocular but driving piano part, heavy staccato banjo style it directs. The music sweetens and slows in the second and third verses as it describes how the preacher and the lover present themselves and snaps back to its original style when it tells us what they really are. That's the great baritone, Thomas Hampson, and his accompanist, Wolfram Rieger, playing Aaron Copeland's arrangement of the Dodger. And one thing I notice is that the three most common recurring themes throughout the archival versions of the Dodger are professions, religion, and courtship. So candidate, preacher, and lover sums it up as briefly as possible. Good point. That was certainly Copeland's intention, I think. Another thing to let people know is that Wayne mentioned Copeland's use of a tune from Our Singing Country for the ballet Rodeo. That's the tune we use as our theme at the beginning of the episode, Bonaparte's Retreat. But getting back to the Dodger, what can we say about the history of the song? Well, like all folk songs, the Dodger consists of lyrics and a tune. And each of these has a separate history. So let's talk about the tune. Musicologists have been pretty successful in tracing the tune back to an old Scottish song 
called We're All Nodding. And we can hear another clip of Wayne Shirley discussing that a bit. The tune of the Dodger comes from a chorus published in 1839 in the Boston Glee Book, a collection of secular choral music for young people wanting something to sing other than the psalm tunes which made up the musical fodder of earlier New England singing schools. The piece which furnishes the tune for the Dodger is a one-pager entitled We Are All Nodding. Its text informs the listeners that we are all nodding and dropping off to sleep. It's a brief chorus, probably designed as an ender for informal sings. Behind this chorus is an even earlier source for the words and music of the opening and closing refrain of We Are All Nodding. This source is Scots rather than American, a poem and tune contributed by Robert Burns in the late 18th century to the Scots Musical Museum. The verse of Burns's song bears no relation to the verse of the Boston Glee Book, but the words of Burns's refrain are extremely similar to those of the Glee Book refrain and the tunes of the two refrains are close relatives. So Wayne points out that the tune is documented in the late 18th century in Scotland and has made it into the United States by 1838. And the implication is that the words were composed here in the United States using that tune. Right. And what do you think about that theory? Well, it was a viable theory until Steve did his research on the song's text. But Steve turned up something very surprising. Okay, so let's go back to the text. Steve has pointed out that Charles Seeger asserted two different theories of the origin of the Dodger, the 1884 presidential campaign and the agrarian reform movements of the 1860s. Right. And I should point out that his two theories aren't mutually exclusive, because on the one hand, he said the song was, and I quote, a parody of that type of thing which was probably produced in one of the early agrarian reform movements in the country. It might have been the Grange, it might have been any farmer's organization. You know, I'm an editor, and this is hard to parse, because using the word which instead of that makes it hard to tell if he's saying the Dodger was produced at the time of the Grange, or that it's a parody of something that was produced at the time of the Grange. But if he meant the latter, he could have been saying, there was a lost song created by the Grange or a similar organization, and that would be in the 1860s or so, and then that song could have been parodied in 1884 for the Cleveland Blaine election. That's a possible scenario, so again, he didn't contradict himself. The problem for me was, there's no evidence for that at all. No indication of a close antecedent in the agrarian reform movements, no evidence of a connection to the campaign. So I went looking for other possibilities. And where do you look for folk song antecedents? Well, the first place I looked was broadsides and song sheets, and Jennifer can tell us a bit more about those. Back in the days when books were hard to produce, it was common to print songs and other short texts on single sheets of paper and sell them individually. We call these broadsides or song sheets, and the Library of Congress has thousands of them, many of which are scanned and online. And did that provide any leads? Yes, there was a whole subgenre of songs about cheating professionals in both Britain and America. In Britain, the most common titles were A Chapter of Cheats and The Rigs of the Time. In America, the common title was Hard Times. And we've got several of these up on the blog 
and even more on the library's website at loc.gov. They describe all kinds of tradesmen, from butchers and bakers to blacksmiths to barbers, all cheating you out of money. And are there doctors, lawyers, merchants, millers, and preachers in there? There certainly are. All of those and more. There's a song sheet of hard times on the library's website, which has 30 verses, each listing a tradesman who cheats you in some way. It's listed as being by Leonard Deming, though it incorporates traditional verses. Deming died in 1853, so this one is likely to predate the agrarian reform movements that Charles Seeger cited as the origin of the song. We even have an audio recording of Hard Times sung by Minnie Floyd. It's hard to hear, so we'll just play you one verse, The Doctor. There is the old doctor like to forgot I believe in my soul is the worst of a flock. He says he will cure you for half your success, and then if you die, he is after the rest, and it's hard time, boy. So, I heard, he says he will cure you for half you possess, and then if you die, he's after the rest. And Emma Dusenberry sang, he'll doctor you and cure you for half you possess. Look out, boys, he's a dodging for the rest. Right. So that's kind of the smoking gun that the hard times genre of songs about cheating tradesmen made a textual contribution to the Dodger. Wow, that's interesting sleuthing. But Jennifer also alluded to something surprising that you turned up. Yes, I have to say that I got lucky. There's so much older published material going online on the internet and becoming searchable that sometimes if you're the first person to have looked into something in a few years, you'll turn up something that was recently digitized and sheds a whole new light on your subject. And that happened to me with The Dodger. So what did you find? Well, I was just Googling phrases from the song, and I turned up a play called The Artful Dodge, written by E.L. Blanchard and first performed in London at the Royal Olympic Theater on February 2nd, 1842. The play is described as a farce in one act and features a title character called Demosthenes Dodge Esquire. And what's its connection to the song? The song, or a version of it, is actually part of the play. Although only the words of the song were published as part of the play, instructions are given that the tune is, We're All Nodding. The chorus is, We are all dodging, dodge, dodge, dodging, we are all dodging in country and in town. It has some differences from the typical American Dodger song, but it does have a parade of characters identified as Dodgers, including the debtor, the lover, and the manager. The manager? Why that? Well, it was an inside joke. When the play was first shown, Demosthenes Dodge, who sang the song, was played by George Wilde, who was also the manager of the theater. The audience would have known this, so that gives you a sense of the insular nature of the theater world in which mm. this play first appeared. So was there any connection to politics in this version of the song? Yes, that's the other thing. The very first person mentioned is the politician. Was the play successful? It was. It was well thought of and often performed. Blanchard was mostly known for farces and pantomimes rather than serious dramas, but he was a beloved figure on the theater scene. And when he died in 1889, the whole London theater community staged a production to benefit his widow. The play they chose out of all his work was The Artful Dodge, which had debuted 47 years earlier. So that's how long it remained popular. So it's looking very much like this theater song is at the root of the American Dodger song. So how did it get here to America? It turns out it came here as part of the play. 
Once I knew what to look for, I was able to find several advertisements for the play in America. In America, they tended to call the play the Artful Dodger. Any connection to the Dickens character from Oliver Twist? That's a good question, and it's hard to know for sure. Blanchard knew Dickens personally, but both the ideas of the Artful Dodge and the Artful Dodger were part of London slang at the time, so it's possible they influenced each other directly, or it's possible they just drew on the same cultural background. And how do we know that the play advertised in America as the Artful Dodger was Blanchard's play? Well, the ads helpfully tell you that it's the story of Demosthenes Dodge, which confirms that it's at least a version of the same play. And one ad from 1845 even tells us it features the song "We're All Dodging," which has the contraction "we're" instead of the play's formal text of "We are all dodging." And this suggests that the transformation from Blanchard's text to the folk song may already have been underway in 1845. So remember Wayne Shirley's theory of the tune coming over here first via the Boston Glee Book, and the words being written in America by someone who knew the tune. That's not quite right. It turns out this new discovery shows that the song came here as a set of words already associated with that tune. After that, of course, it was further adapted here in America. Wow, as folklorists. We really don't like to talk about finding a single origin for any item, but what you found is at least a point of origin for some of its features. Right. In fact, there are three main strands of tradition that we've identified now in the Dodger song. One was the tune "We're All Nodding," which is older than 1797, but we're not sure how much older. The second was verses from the Hard Times family of songs, which was probably around by the 1830s, but again, we don't have a specific point or date of origin. And then there's the crucial combination of the "We're All Nodding" tune with the "We're All Dodging" chorus and a list of dodgers, which seems original to Blanchard, so we can date it to 1842. Note that all of this suggests the song had already taken much of its shape before the agrarian reform movements, so none of Charles Seeger's speculations seem to have been quite correct. Wow, we've sorted out a lot of the song's history. I also know that we have one more interesting recording of it to play. Yes, back in 2007, Steve organized a symposium here at the Library of Congress to honor the Seeger family, and as part of that, Thea produced a concert of Pete, Mike, and Peggy Seeger here in the Coolidge Auditorium, and we held an off-site concert as well with the Folklore Society of Greater Washington. Those turned out to be the last concerts the three would play together before Mike died in 2009. At the concert here in the Coolidge Auditorium, they played the Dodger. It's interesting historically because Pete Seeger's group, the Almanac Singers, had been the very first group ever to record the song way back in 1941. So this was more than 65 years later, and Pete was still playing it. A funny thing is that most people who write about the Almanac Singers' recording of the Dodger say that the band learned it from the leaflet put out by Charles Seeger, which made sense since Pete was a member of the band and also was Charles's son. But it turns out the Dodger came to the band with another band member, Lee Hayes. If you read the collected writings of Lee Hayes, you find that he came from Arkansas and that in 1938 he was teaching drama at Commonwealth College near Mena. He heard about Mrs. Dusenberry and went to visit. And he found out her maiden name was Hayes, and she was a distant cousin of his. 
so he invited her to the college to sing her ballads and learn the Dodger directly from her. Wow, there's so many stories around this song. And he later formed a band with the son of the guy who first published the song? That's one of those small world stories. Yes, and for us, it makes the lines of oral transmission clear. Emma Dusenberry taught the song to Lee Hayes, Lee Hayes taught it to Pete Seeger, and Pete Seeger taught it to Mike and Peggy. So we're hearing the folk process. We should say that it's not a perfect performance because it seems the siblings remembered slightly different versions, so there's some confusion at first about the words. But that's just another aspect of the folk process at work. And one more thing we'll hear on this recording is Pete's own version of the Carl Vinson story, this time relayed through Henry Wallace in 1948. And you know, one thing occurred to me as I researched that story. What's that? If my suspicion is correct, and Charles Seeger did exaggerate his certainty in order to save $13 million of the Resettlement Administration budget, then he created a new origin story for the Dodger by dodging the wrath of Congressman Vinson. <laughs> and I just love the thought that one of the founders of ethnomusicology, one of our most distinguished predecessors as a federal folklorist, and the man who first published the Dodger, should also qualify as a magnificent Dodger himself. Well, we are going to hear from Charles Seeger's three children, Mike, Pete, and Peggy, in just a moment. But first, we'd like to thank some people. All the source singers who shared their versions of the Dodger, Emma Dusenberry, Nancy Humble Griffin, Neil Morris, Myra Pipkin, and the collectors, Sidney Robertson Cowell, John A. and Alan Lomax, Charles Todd, and Robert Sonkin. Also special thanks to the Seegers, Charles for publishing the song, and Pete, Mike, and Peggy for the version we're about to hear. Thanks to our colleagues at the library, past and present, including music specialist Wayne Shirley, our engineer John Gold, Mike Turpin and Jay Kinlock for help in the studio, and colleagues throughout the library who helped deploy this podcast. Thanks to our friend Jennifer Cutting. You're welcome. And thanks to you, Thea, for filling in while John Fenn has a bad cold. And thanks to you, Steve, for your research and co-hosting this podcast with me. And of course, thanks to all our listeners. And now finally, to close us out, we get to hear Pete, Mike, and Peggy Seeger perform The Dodger. Our father was a bureaucrat here in Washington during the 1930s. And there was a folk singer in Arkansas who sang a satirical song of the 1880s. And it was so much fun that, by gosh, they thought they'd put out a little song sheet. Uh, the brother, younger brother of Jackson Pollock was in the, the New Deal at that time, Charlie Pollock, and he did the cover for the little song sheet. The name of the song sheet was The Candidate's a Dodger. Well, years later, in 1948, I was trying to help Henry Wallace run for president, and I, Wallace found that, Wallace found that I was Charlie Seeger's son. Oh, he says, I'll have to tell you a story. I tried to get the Resettlement Administration refunded by Congress. I went up to Capitol Hill, and in the office of a very important senator, I was confronted with an angry man who said, Mr. Wallace, you want me to refund uh, part of the government that puts out a song like this? And he slaps the song sheet that my father had put out 15 years before. 
The candidate's a dodger, yes, a well-known dodger. Now. Candidate to Dodger, yes, a well-known Dodger. Oh, the candidate's a Dodger, yes, and I'm a Dodger too. He'll bleed your case you and claim you for your friend. Look out, boys, he's dodging for a note. Oh, we're all a dodging, a dodging, dodging, dodging. Oh, we're all a dodging out the way through the world. Oh, the merchant, he's a Dodger, yes, a well-known Dodger. Oh, the merchant, he's a Dodger, yes, and I'm a Dodger too. He'll sell you the goods at twice the price, but when you go to pay him, you gotta pay him twice. So oh, we're all dodging, 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 dodging. We're all dodging out the way through the world. Oh, the farmer, he's a Dodger, yes, a well-known Dodger. Oh, the farmer, he's a Dodger, yes, and I'm a Dodger too. He'll plow his cotton, plow his corn, and he'll make a living just as sure as you're born. Oh, we're all a-dodging, a-dodging, dodging, dodging. Oh, we're all a-dodging out the way through the world. The woman who sang this song for the folk song collector, her name was Emma Dusenberry, in a little town in the hills of Arkansas. And she said when she was a girl, she set out to learn every song in the world. Then she found they were making up new songs quicker than she could learn them. Oh, the president's a dodgy, yes, a well-known dodger. Oh, the president's a dodgy, yes, and I'm a dodger too. He says it's okay out in Iraq, but he's sending more troops and he won't bring them back. Oh, we're all dodging, 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 dodging. We're all dodging on our way through the world. How about the lover? How about the lover? How about the lover? Do the lover. The lover, he's a dodger, yes, a well-known dodger. The lover, he's a dodger, yes, and I'm a dodger too. Kiss you, hug you, call you his bride. Look out, girls, he's telling you a lie. Oh, we're all a dodger, a dodger, dodger, dodger. No, we're all a dodger, all the way through the world. This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.